Chad, do you have your ringer off? <laughs> Alexa's on, so don't say that. Oh, crap. I said Alexa. Alexa? Damn it. Well, we're going to do something fun today. I'll tell you what I don't really like much is email. We get so many useful things via email. But at the end of the day, email is a really dumb interface. It comes to you and the interface is your eyeballs. It has to go into your brain and then you have to do something with it. It's an unintelligent way to share information. But honestly, is there any other channel where more information is shared right now than email? Like confirmation emails, receipts, just all this inane stuff. Okay, so what we're gonna do today is take the legwork out of managing some of these inane emails. So we're gonna talk about how to archive these inane emails to your file system. I'm Jason. I'm Chad. I see that crusty old file cabinet, paint chipping off hundreds of unnamed files in the root folder. That place you stuff important things only for them to be swiftly forgotten about. It's part of the human experience, but is it a part that we can automate? Yeah, maybe. Let's talk automated email management today on Automation Town. I don't know about you, Chad. How many emails a day do you think you get right now? Oh, you're flexing. I don't know. And I don't, I should know, but not a lot, not a little. Just say a number and I'll say 10 more. Okay. That's where this is going to end. Not a lot, not a little. How about you? Slightly more than that. <laughs> so all of us, I think we can all universally agree. Nobody particularly enjoys getting emails, especially emails from robots, from systems, those transactional emails that are just like, hey, here's this heads up. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they drown out the emails we actually want to see from your fellow homo sapiens. So I am always a sucker for a way to better manage email, get automated emails out of my inbox. I religiously unsubscribe from everything that I can, but there are very valuable and important things that come over via email, like invoices and receipts and stuff that have to go somewhere. So in my case, I run a business, but even in my personal life, these things have a home. And oftentimes that home isn't my email inbox. That's not where I'm permanently storing these things. Sometimes it's because there's some sort of action that has to happen on them, like a bill that has to get paid. Mm -hmm. Or it has to go through an approval workflow. Or there's details there that we want to maybe save to our CRM. Or I was talking with a company the other day that has about 150 employees. And anytime something has to get paid, somebody has to submit a check request. They've got a form for that. And every time they submit that form, it triggers an email that goes to this other place. And a poor old human being has to sit there and filter through all those emails and actually send it to the place where it actually needs to be. What are we building, Jason? The buildup's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to roll all this stuff up into a single PDF and then build out some logic to take that thing to where it actually needs to be. And then after that, the email itself could probably be archived automatically, right? You may be none the wiser. Maybe you don't even ever have to look at it. All right, let me just recap this for a second. You get too many emails. You don't want many emails. Yep. So you want something to run that PDFs it and takes care of it. Yep. And then deletes the email. Maybe archives. Maybe archives. So the format here is that you'll always show up to the show with an idea or I'll show up to the show with an idea. And then the other person has no idea. So I had no idea what we were building today. And to say I'm skeptical okay. would be an understatement. So I'm looking forward to this one to see how PDFs are going to solve the world. It's kind of the digital version of printing your emails, isn't it? Let's go down this rabbit hole. I'm looking forward to it. 
Chad, can we sidebar for just a minute here? You know how I always say first impressions are everything. You do. I remember the first time I saw you in the wild. Where is this going? It was a webinar. You were talking about hiring remote people. You had like 80 people in your company at that point. And I thought the boy's got a nice looking beard, but mm, that sounds like a lot of work. Do you remember what your first impression of me was? Uh, it's got to be Twitter, I guess. I think it was something on Twitter. I remember having the impression you knew what you were doing and you were into a lot of the same tech that I was. I mean, that sounds like you don't remember the first time you saw me. Why are we talking about this, Jason? Because Ignition is an app that ensures your first impression is oh so nice. You get professional looking proposals that are gonna dazzle those soon to be clients and all the tools you need to manage your client engagement on an ongoing basis. Even better, Ignition wrangles payments. So when they accept that proposal, payment can kick off automatically and you've got a centralized place to manage your billing and engagement letters. It's even got Achilles app your connector for wiring it up with the rest of your apps. I do like that. Head over to ignitionapp.com. You can get started for free. Free? Like what did you ever do for them? Get started online for free and use code AUTOMATIONTOWN to make a great first impression and just stop manually chasing down those invoices, you know? Learn more over at ignitionapp.com. Okay, so... <laughs> I feel like I already went through all the scenarios where it is useful, and now I can't backtrack to those scenarios where it was a useful thing. Okay, no, I'll, I'll do it. Step one of operation skepticism is, do we have enough PDFs and how are you going to use a PDF to fix a problem? Normally, the PDFs are the things that create problems. So I'm looking forward to hearing you know, how the PDF will solve some problems. So think about all the dumb systems you interface with, where the only way you get things out of them is via email. I would argue that's still 80% of systems out there, okay. where they don't actually give you an API to do something meaningful with. All you get is an invoice via email or a purchase confirmation I mean, Amazon, like go down the list. Like the only interface you have with them is email. And so if you want to do something meaningful with those messages, you either have to move them somewhere else or they're just going to live in your email inbox till the end of the time. And for some things that's fine. But like in the context of running a business, that sort of thing where you need backup, you want to actually park that somewhere useful. So we're going to build this one out in Zapier. So we've got these emails, there's problems that they exist only in email. So let's pick a couple very specific situations. So you mentioned bill pay. You can't go grab API stuff from Home Depot, even though there might be some tools that could possibly do that, but bad example. You show me that Home Depot API, Chad Davis. Dude, there is a few of them. Is it a thing? Yes, the big companies are getting together on receipts. Oh, cool. It's a Canadian company trying to fix this too. Good on the Canadians. So you've got financial transaction emails. Got it. You've got contracts that are just kind of sitting there that people have sent you. We're not dealing with transactional spammy emails, are we? Or are we? No, I think the most common thing is you've got certain things where you're going to get an email of that bill every single month, or you buy things from that place every single week. Mm -hmm. And these are recurring things that are ongoing, that are almost just like this taking out the financial trash that you have to do on an ongoing basis. How do we make those things go to what their actual destination is without you having to do it yourself? Gotcha. So we're not talking like setting up rules per email, are we? Like filtering rules or forwarding rules for each one? How are you thinking about this? For the scope of this, I have a basic version, which is just PDF it all, merge it all, save it to a place. 
and you could maybe catch a specific type of it and do that. The trigger step is email by Zapier. And then an advanced version, if we want to get into it, is doing the same thing via folders and labels if you wanted. So what you're hoping to showcase then on the simple version is that there's a way to take something without downloading it and moving it to a place manually. Yep, giving other people access to it where they may not have access to your email, that sort of thing. Gotcha. And what are you using to do that? PDF Go. Gotcha. So it's running in the background, watching emails, and then doing what with it? Saving it to a file system or like file share, that sort of thing is the basic implementation. Okay. We've got this idea of saying we want other people to access some of these documents. We don't necessarily want to always have to forward it off or download it or put it on our computer and do something with it. Mm-hmm. The idea here is to flush out a way to do this automatically without having to do things manually. Yep, take the thing that's kind of captive to your own personal email inbox and put it wherever it's supposed to go. Maybe that's a place where your team can see it, where your spouse can see it, where it'll get pulled into a bill pay system, you know, wherever that thing is supposed to go. Gotcha. So yeah, you could do things like tagging them, putting them in folders, having it done automatically for you if you've maybe got like a finance email address or something like that. Now we're talking. Yeah. Okay. So depending on the use case of the inbox, that's typically how you would build out your thing. Got it. Obviously there's easy ways to do this and then there's the hard ways. So why don't we start with the easy way? If someone wanted their email to be archived and out of their way and moved into some folder structure, How'd you build it? So the easiest, like most unintelligent version of this thing, let's start there and then kind of build more intelligence into it. So I've got a four-step zap here. We got a four-stepper. Chad, I got out of bed pretty early this morning. So the way I'm approaching this zap is you could have done the trigger a couple of different ways. So Something's got to kick off this automated workflow no matter what. You have to have a trigger, regardless of if you're using Zapier or any other service. A couple different ways you could trigger this. Could be anytime you get a new email. You could connect your Gmail, you connect your Outlook, and this sucker could fire every single time you get an email. I don't generally like that because most of the time I don't actually want a thing to run on every single email. But also, like I don't necessarily want to give every single one of my emails to somebody else. Could be private stuff. Yeah, so what I'll do rather than that is... I don't usually actually connect my inbox directly to a service like Zapier. What I'll instead do, in the case of Zapier, they've got a really helpful service called Email by Zapier. And so that's your trigger, it's Email by Zapier. And what they do is they give you a email address to send everything into. And so the trigger is technically a new inbound email that you sent to this place. So the trigger email address, in my case, get out a pad and paper here. So it's pdfarchives.com. U42QX8 at zapiermail.com. So every time an email goes to that, this Zapier triggers. And so we could manually forward emails to that address to kick this process off. You could set up email rules, like in the email system itself, to automatically forward certain types of emails to that address. But that's what kicks it off. That's the trigger. Anytime an email gets sent into that, That's usually how I set up most of my email-based automations because then I have control over what ones go over there and all the other ones don't by default. Mm -hmm. So step two is a problem that this one is solving that has been a hard problem to solve in the past is sometimes you want the body of the email. Sometimes you want the attachments of the email. Sometimes you want all of those things in a single file. 
So for example, in my business, a problem we've had with clients a lot in the past has been, you have vendors who put important details in the email itself. You have vendors who put all the pertinent details in the attachment, sometimes a combination of the two and a tell. So what we're gonna do here is we're gonna assume you want all that stuff. And we're actually gonna roll up the body and all the attachments into a single PDF that's ordered the way I want it. And so the takeaway of that email is a single PDF. The more I say it out loud, this really is the digital version of printing all of your emails. <laughs> Don't cut yourself short. As skeptical <laughs> as I might have been in the very beginning, there's a real world use case for more than finance departments and people in the field. Everyone submits expenses or they submit things or you just need to put these things in a place. And you're right. A lot of the apps that allow for email in are limited to one or two of those issues that you said specifically. So I love the idea of this being almost like the middleware to doing something cool or relevant or useful with an email sure. and having control over where that goes. Yeah. I like the idea of being the middleware to something cool. That's has a nice ring to it. Thank you. Alexa, turn Jason off. Okay, Chad, turning off Jason. <laughs> I'm using a tool called pdf.co. The specific action I'm using in the second step is called HTML to PDF converter. So when you get an email, sometimes you get text emails, sometimes we get HTML emails. HTML is what enables the fancy formatting. In this case, I'm gonna convert the HTML of the email into a PDF. It's gonna be the closest representation of what you see on screen when you're reading an email in your browser. So that second step creates the PDF of the body of the email. It doesn't do anything with the attachments though. Step three. You hit the nail on the head. Step three is called PDF merger. And the reason I'm using PDF merger here is you could have theoretically any number of attachments, right? So you could have a single attachment, you could have 20 attachments. What PDF merger does is the input field here basically is any attachments from that trigger email. Merge them all into a single PDF. There's a toggle option here to also convert any non-PDF files into a PDF. So if they gave you a smartphone picture like people like to do. It will convert all those things to PDF and then merge all of those attachments into a single PDF. So that's step three, merging all the attachments into a PDF. Step four, it's the PDF merger step again, and it's going to merge the PDF from step two and the PDF from step three, basically. In the order that you want with the file name that you want. Yep, so in my case, I've got the body first followed by all of the attachments. <laughs> yeah, the details here, like you're wondering, should I put the PDFs first because they're probably more important yep. than the body? Ooh, the decisions you must have had to make this morning. It starts getting fiddly and we'll get into more advanced examples. But fundamentally, this gives us a way to, in a arguably analog format, like archive the entirety of this email, not just the body, not just the attachments. You've got everything all in one. If you needed to park that stuff somewhere else, in my case, there's still tons of situations where when I get this specific email from a thing or a service, it's supposed to go to a file system somewhere. So then presumably your last step would be, where do you actually want to put that? Do you want to forward it to another address? Do you want to save it to your Dropbox in a specific folder? That sort of thing. It works. I think everybody has their own issues they're trying to solve with things like this. So people in financial departments have one, people in marketing, I mean, imagine being in a marketing department, you've got probably so many transactional emails and reports coming from places that you either have to forward automatically or need to build out your own stuff to those tools. I mean, there's, there's probably so many options and things to deal with. So um, yeah, totally get why you built this. So that takes care of the core use case of 
let's get the entirety of this email into a single PDF. But like you said, there's tons of variations of this. What about situations where all I want is the body or situations where all I want is the attachment or situations where I want to put it in this folder in the file system versus this other folder in the file system. Or you want to take elements of the email and catalog them. So how often did this person or people email us on which dates and then have a link to that attachment in Airtable or Google Sheets or Excel, all kinds of things you could do. So like saving like a database of all of the past emails sort of thing? If you're not one for searching inside of an email inbox, might be good for visibility. If you're not using shared inbox tools, maybe. Yeah, there's a bunch of different potential destinations. So that, that could be one potential destination of these types of emails is Airtable, where other people can see into that base, or you even have other automations built around that Airtable base. Your file system, another email address, a document processing system, like if you send all of your receipts into a single place, that sort of thing. Some of those don't handle the body of emails, so you can put that into a PDF first. A few ways to get more granular with this, because you're probably not just gonna rely on a single global way to roll up every single one of your emails and put them in a single place. You probably need a little more control than that. I'm thinking you could drag and drop emails into folders and have triggers on those folders so that anytime something new comes in, it forwards to the PDF archives point U42. So in my email system itself, I've got folders that are these portals to another automated dimension. And anytime I drag an email into that folder, that functions as the trigger for this app and it does something with it. Mm -hmm. I am not a personal email folder user. I like to keep it all in the inbox and just archive. And for that, I've got some in my personal Gmail and also in our work main account where the people that are monitoring the accounts are going to press the label and label the email as either sales or finance or send to you know bill pay application. And then that in itself runs a few different things and we'll either put it into a folder because natively that's what Gmail does. And then as soon as that label is selected, it pushes off and starts a automation. So that would be kind of nice in the situation. So your label is the trigger. So you more or less do the same thing with either labels or folders, but you could basically design for yourself a set of 10 or 20 labels or folders, all the common things that you get that require some sort of additional processing. Say you're the poor sap handling those check requests when those emails come in, then you're able to trigger all these automations without ever leaving your inbox simply by tagging them or moving them. Presumably at that point, you could even automate what emails get tagged or moved to a folder with filters or rules within your email system, right? Mm -hmm. So if you see an email with the subject line check request, you're automatically going to take that as a check request. And then that triggers that automation, right? Yep. Every email is different, but yeah, of course there's, there's lots you could do. There's, you know, stars, watch messages that have threads longer than 10 emails back and forth and immediately copy somebody else on it. We don't do that, but it's possible. So just think about the Google suite and Office 365. So on the Office 365 side, you're probably working with folders. I do think they have like categorizations, but I don't know that those are accessible from apps. And so when I've done that in Office 365, that's usually been with folders. And then it sounds like on the Google side, you're generally using labels. Mm -hmm, generally, because I think a folder is a label in some sort of way. Yeah, it's just kind of presented a different way. Yeah. Yep. How much does PDF.co cost you? Heck if I know, I've never actually paid for it. So there must be a free tier and I haven't outrun it yet. Let me take a look here. 
Okay, we've got pay as you go starting at zero a month. This is me. How much do I get with this? I actually pay for PDF.co, but it's a whopping $9.99 a month. How much do you get? It gets a crap load of credits. So this is a credit system. And the credit system means that if you do more complicated things inside of PDF.co, you get charged more credits. Oh. So all those fancy conversions that you're doing from somebody who snapped an iPhone photo and sent it to you and needs to be in PDF. Those cost me more? They cost you more. If you're going <laughs> and, you know, an A4 PDF over to another one, it'll cost you less. If it's HTML to email, it'll cost you less. So different merges and conversions can cost anywhere from one to two credits all the way up to 35 credits to 70 credits. 70 credits? Is that like for turning a video file into a PDF? <laughs> yes. And some of the stuff rolls over, some of it doesn't, depending on it. And um, yeah, I, I have 9,937 credits as it stands right now. And that's for $9.99 a month. It gives you 12,500 credits. So, you know, not massive users, but you can see how inside of about a half of a month, we've gone through just around 3,000 credits in PDF conversions. Wow. That's something like 10,000 image conversions and 25 MP3 conversions. <laughs> I just looked it up. 700 credits if you want to translate text to a different language probably would use a different app for that yeah if you want to replace the text inside of an image it's gonna cost you yep 77 credits if you want to take those dot eml and dot msg files oh, from your yep. desktop email systems 56 you can do some cool parsing and extracting data those are in the 40 range and if you also want to do some fancy conversions from pdf over to excel or to any other formats. They're about 35 credits per page. Okay, so to put these V-Bucks in perspective of like what we're, what are we actually talking about in terms of, in my case, American dollars, in your case, whatever currency you use. On average, it's for 10 bucks, it says you're gonna get about 6,000 pages. Holy geez. If you do things simply. But because the majority of this stuff is 30 credits and 17 credits, you're probably looking more like you know, a thousand to four thousand for every ten bucks. Yeah, give or take. It just depends what you want to do with it. I think the takeaway on this one is that PDF Co is in a class of some really cool up and coming tech that is manipulating data. And there's been the tried and true, like you've talked about before, like Cloud Convert. But even PDF Co has some limitations, and there's other ones in the market that might be able to do something. Doesn't matter if it's cheaper or more expensive, but it just has the functionality. So your pay as you go zero credits a month, add credits with a credit pack piece. You must have added some sort of credit pack in the very beginning. I don't think I ever put a card in. Let's take a look here. Oh. This is where I find out I've converted $900 worth of video files that I accidentally sent to it. It does give you stats. We go through about 250 credits a day. And over the last week, yeah, it's averaged between 100 and 200 credits. So lots of document manipulation going. Credit packs will give you 17,500 credits for 17 bucks. So if you're not going to go monthly and you want to use this for, you know, the whole year, <laughs> you might be able to do the whole thing for 17 bucks. I'm telling you, I haven't spent a dime on this thing. They must give you some sort of intro credit pack. They give you 700, I think, to start. 
Yep, I have 367 credits. Yes, you're right. There is that intro credit pack for sure. Living on the lamb. Mm -hmm. Any other things on this email stuff? I think this is a pretty basic use case. Everybody's navigating some form of this issue where in 2022, you still have to print emails and save them to a thing somewhere. I would add, even in my case at our firm where we use a help desk tool to do high volume email, we use Teamwork Desk specifically, and you can set up custom triggers. And we do literally this exact same thing from our help desk tool. So rather than the trigger being forwarding an email to a service, the trigger is calling a webhook, largely the same thing. It hands all that data over just in a different way, but we still set up the zaps and the automations all the same way, even though we're using a high volume help desk tool that is like a email system with a whole ton of bells and whistles, we still set up these automations the same way and we use triggers inside of that tool to hand that data off save it to the file system you want to save it just the way that you want to with the attachment with the body all that stuff we basically just have a whole bunch of different versions of body then attachment attachments then body attachment only body only and because these inboxes in our help desk system are client specific all those automations are mapped to their specific destination inside the file system or their specific bill.com account where that gets forwarded to or something like that. So even in our case where we're like doing more complex things with email, this is still fundamentally something that we use pretty regularly anytime we have to document something in PDF format. I think the lesson here is that email sucks. And if you're just curious enough and you play around with all these different tools to do stuff with things. Right, stuff with things. Yep. You'll be in a better position if- Where's this going, Chad? I think this is where we wrap up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Come talk automation with us on Twitter at Chad Davis and JSTATSCPA. J-S-T-A-A-T-S-C-P-A and C-H-A-D-D-A single V-I-S. Automation Town is edited by Paul O'Mara. 